Amen, Ben. It's wonderful that God has rescued us. And that's, that's what he wants to do. Eh? He really, he wants a relationship with us. And he calls us to that place of relationship. But I'd like, Julie's got something on her heart she'd like to just share before I go into the preach. Um, during the worship, I was uh, reminded of a plant I have at home at the moment. Um, and every time I look at it, I keep thinking, something wrong with it. It's not looking healthy. It's not looking happy. But I put my finger in the soil, and the soil is quite damp. And then I was like, hmm, okay, well, it's definitely getting enough water, but I think maybe it's got too much water, so I put it outside. And after like a week, it's still not looking any better. It's been hot. And then I, I picked it up yesterday, and I was like, I need to, I need to repot this plant, I think. And, um, I then picked up the soil and I smelt the soil and the small, the soil is actually moldy. And I just felt like the Lord was saying, as he reminded me of that, is that we need to go deeper. So we look at ourselves and we look at other people and we think, hmm, something doesn't seem right. But they're in the word. They're re- well, as far as we know, they're reading the word. They're spending time in prayer. They seem to be doing all the right things. But it's when we go deeper that God is able to then reveal the quality of the soil of our hearts. And, and so it's time for us to check the soil of our hearts and to make sure that it is healthy and it is the way God wants it. And if not, maybe it's time to turn out the soil and to re-put new soil in so that he can actually make us healthy again. Thanks, Julia. That's really just a, a key word, I, I feel, just for us this morning as we, as we are just ready, if we, we have a closer look at the soil. You know, sometimes we can, and, and what, I, what I've got to preach, we can sort of say, I know that. I, I've heard that before, you know, and it can be just another head knowledge, but Jesus is calling us, actually, if you, if, from the words that came this morning, he's calling us into a deeper relationship. But for that to happen, there's got to be an examining of the soil and, 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 and picking up and looking and, and, and looking at the areas of our hearts. And, uh, so I want to, I want to do that, you know, on the, on the, on the bike trip, uh, we, we had last weekend. It was just, a great time, as I said, just together, the guys getting together. And you know what? I, I love speed. I love my motorbike. It's just, it's great to get out there and open up. Uh, and before we left, we, uh, we got together and, and, and Will said to the guys, he said, look out for that guy. Look out for that guy that today has been paid to take you out. And that's, it's a sober reminder, you know, as you're on that motorbike, you know, there's a, someone's not watching, someone's just decides they're going to turn this way. They were indicating that way, they're going to turn this way. And, and in a sense, you know, Satan has been paid to take us out. He's, he's got an agenda with our lives. And sometimes we don't see that. And just physically in, on the motorbike, you know, you, you're going for it, and 
suddenly you realize, actually, that could have been me. You know, there was a few incidents on the, on the trip where I know Tony just, he, uh, he went a little bit close to the side. He was about that much short of the gravel. And, and I know he probably would have fallen on the gravel, not being experienced. But there's someone that's paid to take us out. And, um, you know, I, 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 I think about, you know, there's someone that wants to actually ensnare us. Satan wants to ensnare us. And uh, I, I think of a, uh, Kegwin's dad at a game farm in uh, Natal, northern Natal, and we used to go there quite often. And um, whenever we got there, there were snares. We'd take a walk in the felt, and we'd come back with a whole collection of wire as, uh, you know, guys had put in snares to entrap. And so in this world and in this, in our life, there's, there's so many, you know, I, 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 th- I just think of that felt, you know, you, you're going along and you can see this is where the animal runs in. This is the path that this animal runs in. And you follow it a little while and there we are. There's a, there's a snare. Someone has worked out, okay, this is the path. It's a roundabout here that the animal won't be really aware of what they're doing. They'll just be going through and we can trap them over there. And in a sense, everywhere you went on that farm, because it was close to the king's land, there was a, um, the, the Swazi king's uh, land. Guys would sort of come in and lay the snares and, and get out. Um, so it, everywhere you went, there were these snares. And, and so it is in our life. So it is in our walk with Jesus. And, and so it is with our intimacy with Jesus. There's snares in our lives, snares that have been set up to take us out. Um, and so I want to, you know, start and uh, start by the first account of that. Uh, that uh, in Genesis 3 verse 6. And... Uh, It says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. So it was good. It looked good. And this was the the tree that um, God had said you not to eat from. You not to even touch. And yet it looked so good. Um, And it was a delight to the eyes. There's something about it that just was a delight. To the eyes, and that the tree was pe- be, to be desired to make one wise. And she took the fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And we think about that, you know, there they had intimacy with Jesus. They had intimacy with God in that place. There was a closeness, there was a walking every day with God. But yet, Satan put that snare in there and, and put a bit of doubt about, does God really? And, and you know, in our lives, these same things come up. And, and I want to deal with these three areas as we, um, you know, it looks good. It looks good. It's a delight to our eyes. There's something that we've got to see the snares that Satan uses and that he, he wants to lay in those little tunnels that we run. He wants to, 
he wants to take us out. As we'll say, <laughs> there's a God paid to take you out of this trip. Look out. And so as we, we look at this, uh, John writes, and in 1 John 2 verse 15, he uses the same three things. Um, and so he goes, do not love the world or the things. Am I, am I quite loud for you? Is everybody here? I'm quite loud. Is it good? I'm not booming or anything. Okay. Um, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. And so I want to, I want to, I want to hone in this morning on the, on that word abide. And, uh, and that's really what Jesus, it's a close place with Jesus. This is what he's calling us to. Every one of us is calling us to have a close walk with Jesus. Um, and so that original, that original temptation was to break free. To break free of that straight jacket that, you know, I'm in this garden, but I can't touch that tree. I've got everything I desire. I've got intimacy with God, but I haven't got that. And uh, there's this, this thing about, I really want to start living. Isn't that in, it's, it's in me, I know. Because <laughs> I really want to live. I don't want to just, you know, survive. I don't want to just, I want to really live. And, and, the, and, and in the scripture, God deals with, and Paul, and, and sorry, John writes, and, he, and he's dealing with actually the desires in our heart. It's dealing with those, those little things. It's not like, like Julia said, you know, it was, it's, it, there was a, it's not the, um, you know, they're doing all the right things. They're praying, they, they're seeking God, they, but there's something missing. And, 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 and that's what God wants to do is he wants to highlight those areas in us where actually Satan has set that trap. And, and he wants to take us captive. And, uh, you know, and he, and he, and he whispers that lie to us. You know, you're not really living the life. You're not really living all that you should be. You know what? This husband of yours doesn't really love you like, you know, someone else could. You're a little bit stifled in your growth over here because you've got two kids and three kids and, you know, you, 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 you've got all these responsibilities. But what would it be like to be free? To have no, no, nothing holding you back. And Satan comes with those lies and he drops them in. And it's, it's a lie because it, it cannot last. You know, the things of this world are fading. That's what the word says. They, they, they losing. They, they, they dying. And, and they, they cannot last. And that's the deception that Satan gives us. You know, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm going to be happy if I do this thing. I'm going to feel like this is my purpose. 
And when we move away from the purpose of God, for our own purpose, we, we lose intimacy with Christ. We lose intimacy with Him. And um, so that's how the world attracts us. It, it, it lures us away by this thing of, really, that's going to be the best, you know. That's where we're going to really, you're going to enjoy life. Um, and, and when we ins- insist on living independently of God, we're unable to fulfill that role for which we were created. And what was that role that we were created? Intimacy with Christ. Okay. Of knowing him personally. There's like this delusion in life, you know, we're going we, we're gonna, to we're gonna accumulate all that we can so that we can enjoy life. And then when we come to the end of it, how, much, how many people suddenly realize that actually this is worthless? You know, all that I've accumulated, all that I've, it's actually worthless. I'm not going to take it with me. I've built up this mansion and I've built up all these, these beautiful things. But actually at the end of the day, it's, it's worth nothing. And some people come to that realization at the end of their life. Some don't. You know, some realize that actually it's, it's worthless. It's useless. It has no value. And yet the lie is that it does. That it does have value. Um, and it distracts us from knowing Christ. It takes us away from actually intimacy with him. Um, and so it's, it's, it's like drinking salt water. Any of, any of you drunk salt water? I've done it a few times unintentionally. <laughs> and uh, it's, not, it's not nice. But when, you know, when you have a real thirst, when there's a real thirst, you know, you're not going to drink salt water. Or you shouldn't. And some people do. When they're stranded on a, a boat, they eventually get to the place where they are so, so thirsty that it must, it must satisfy. It must actually quench my thirst. But it doesn't. It actually makes it worse when you drink salt water. And you, and, and, and you obviously, you, you can't. You just, it, it just, it, it makes uh, the intent, it, it, uh, you just become more thirsty, and it worsens the, the fact that you were. So there's no satisfaction in it. And that's actually in the world. There's, there's, there's no satisfaction. There's a, you think it is, it looks good, but it's fading, and it has nothing. Um, it's good for food. That's, that's what, uh, it, and uh, in Genesis it writes about, it's, it's good for food, and in John it writes about the desires of the flesh. That's what it's like, that it's, it's, it's something we desire, but it's like salt water. It's, it, it can never satisfy. Yeah. Um, it talks about then the delight and the desires of our eyes. It talks about the lust. That's, that's the, the bridge between the flesh is through our eyes. We look at things and we lust after them because it looks good. It's, it's a delight. Um, and, and, and John lived in that time. John lived in a time where there was the debauchery and there was, there was violence. There. I mean, you think about the, 
the circus, the arena where they, the gladiators fought. There was, there was violence. They lived in this. How much different is it to, our, to, to, to us? In those days, that was entertainment. You know, you go and watch the circus and watch these guys kill each other. We, we're doing exactly the same thing in our, in our media, in our movies. There's, there's an aspect of entertainment. Our, the lust of our eyes, it's entertainment that we enjoy. And so the world becomes characterized by those sinful pleasures. That becomes just the norm. That's just the norm. There's, there's something that becomes so attractive to about that stuff. I mean, I, I love watching action movies. I do. I know. Uh, it's, it's a reality. I, I love being entertained. And sometimes that can take away our intimacy with Jesus. Um, so I want to go to this word abide. And it, this, that scripture is just so powerful because what, what John does is he compares the two. He compares, and, we, and if we go to... Do not love the world or the things in the world. So 1 John 2 verse 15 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So those, there's a comparison of actually there's a love for the world and there's a love for the Father. And we can't have both. There's, there, we've, got to be, we've got to be in awe by the one who is beautiful. That's Jesus. We can't be in awe by the world and the attractions of the world. We've got to be in awe about who Jesus is. Um, and, it, and then it says, For all that is in the world, all that we see, all that we desire, all that's about me. Have you ever been in conversations where, you know what, I've got to have that last say so that I get my word in so that I've I, I got my ego intact after that conversation, you know? Anybody had those conversations <laughs> where, where, we, where we try and jostle and, and, and try and push the other person below on the ladder? Just to, and that's pride. It's pride in us that actually wants to be better than someone else. And um, so, But it says over here, the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. And so there's, there's a place where we can abide in Christ, that we can be in him. And that word abide, if we look at the dictionary, um, it, the dictionary has just, it's, it's, it says to remain, to continue, to stay. Okay? So it's, it's, it's talking about, so if I do have someone close, I've, or I'm in, I'm in this building, I'm I'm abiding here, okay? Uh, to have one's abode, to dwell, to reside, to put up with, to ensure, in, sorry, endure, to sustain, to wait for. That's, that's what Jesus is calling us, is, is to wait on him, to be in a place of actually, God, I want to hear you. I want to hear what you've got to say to me. The Hebrew word for abide, it's got the same ideas, the same thing about abode, uh, but but it it also includes a concept of 
interpersonal relationships. So there's an aspect of relating that's abiding. So when we're with Jesus, it's not just we're in him and that's it. There's an aspect of relating relationship-wise to him. And, um, and that is, that, so it's, 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 it's not about just the shared space. It's like to marry or, to, or marrying. There's this concept of I'm in a, an abode, I'm in a house, I'm in here, but I'm with someone that I'm married to, that I'm connected in a deep way to. And we, when we look at marriage, we can say, well, you know, we can have a marriage where there's, we together, but there's no real connection. Anybody been in, had that in their marriage? There's aspects of us that we, of all of us in our, in our walk where we, we can be together, but we're not really together. There's not a, a place of intimate relationships, intimate relations between us. We're not connected really. And this is what Jesus is calling us, not just to abide, just not, I mean, just not be in this dwelling, in a sense, with him, but actually to walk with him, to be in a place of real connection with him. Um, in Psalm 125, verse 1, it says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abodes forever. And those who, in other words, those who walk with him get to remain in his strength and in his mercy. There's something about that covering, uh, that relationship. In John 6 verse 56, they write, Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. This is what Jesus said. And he said it to 5,000 people who were following him because he just fed them. He just provided food for them. And so they're thinking, hey, he has a free meal for me. You know, I just follow this guy called Jesus and I'm going to get a meal. You know, but Jesus was offering them something far greater, far more than just a meal for the day. He was offering them relationship with him. Salvation. In Jesus. That's what he was offering them. Eternal life. In Galatians 3 verse 10. It says. For all who rely on the works. Are under the curse. For it is written. Cursed is everyone. Who does not abide. By all things written in the book of the law. And do them. So if you didn't abide completely in the law. It was actually impossible to abide completely in the law. It was absolutely impossible. And so you, the only, the, it, it goes, it says that um, abiding in the law brings condemnation. That's what happens. There's, as, as they were under the law, it brought condemnation on themselves. But abiding in Christ brings salvation. We come to know him. We come to know the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And Jesus writes, and he talks about this, how, 
How do we abide? How do we abide in he? And in, in John 15, it says, verse 4 to 7, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, uh, sorry, uh, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, see that dependence. God's calling us to, to actually be dependent on him. Um, it says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the, bran- the, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burnt. If you abide in me, and your words abide, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. And it will be done for you. And so that it emphasizes the, it's a personal relationship with Jesus. This is the place of real connection with him. It's not just I'm around Jesus and I'm doing the right things. But it's actually, it's a place of connection with him. Of actually connecting deeply with him. Um, it's, so it emphasizes that personal relationship. This is the only way to grow. It's the only way to grow. He says, without me, you cannot. You know, the, you cannot bear fruit. Unless you're connected into the vine, you cannot bear fruit. There's no other way to grow. There's no other way to, sh- to, to allow Jesus to transform us. Um, unless we stay in him. We've call, we call to stay in him and to listen to him. But you know what? The, the great thing is that he's given us his Holy Spirit. And if, we, if you've read the word, you'll pick up, he talks about the spirit abiding in us. There's that word again. It's about having connection, about being part of, close to, married to, in a sense, where there's intimacy and connection. And so um, he's, he, the Holy Spirit is sent to indwell us. You know, I think of that, that, that beautiful picture that... Um, Julia gave of their pot plant, you know. Without, without that, without the Holy Spirit coming into our lives, there's going to be no growth. There's going to be no, because we, 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 he actually, he convicts us of sin. And he actually, he helps us change because he convicts us and he, and he brings truth to us. So when, 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 we're not, when we're not walking his way, he'll come and convict us. And if we're listening to him, we say, okay, yes, Lord, I hear you. I see that snare. I see what, what's going to happen. And, and I want to hear what you have got for me, Holy Spirit. And so you, you, you listen to the Holy Spirit. And what happens is there's a transformation of our character. There's, as we, as, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. There's a, he transforms our character because why? He's abiding in us. We, there's this marriage. There's this oneness. There's this like, yes, Lord, I see that. Okay, I, I, I want to be obedient. And then he brings change. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And so if you've never, ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit, maybe you've, you've, been, you've given your life to God, but you haven't really understood actually what the Holy Spirit does in you, because that's what he does. He, the Holy Spirit is, is in you. You know, J- the Bible talks about Jesus 
washing us with the word. And so as we take the word of God and, and we allow it to wash over us, there's truth that comes to us. And the Holy Spirit then takes that and he works it into us as, as, as we are those that are abiding in him. As we are those that are listening to him and are, and are connected to him, we're not just putting an outward show of, hey, I'm a Christian, I read and I pray and I do these things. But no, there's a change that happens as we allow the Holy Spirit to highlight those areas. As, he's, as his word, as we, as we get into the word and the word washes us, Jesus washes us with the word. And we're saying, Jesus, I want to be closer to you. I want to hear what you've got to say to me. The Holy Spirit comes and he abides within us, and he does the transformation as, as we're willing, as we like it. We, we, we can see that. But if we're going to be, in a sense, there, there, there's stuff in our lives that there's that trap, there's that, that guy that's out there to take us out. And if we don't, we don't, we don't notice the little attitudes of our heart. We don't notice the, the things that attract our attention, that, that are in a sense, become, that's, that's, that's really nice. That's really attractive to me. But actually, Jesus is calling us into that place of intimacy with him, where we, where we actually are abiding in him, where we, where we married to, where we are connected to, where we are listening to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's saying this and this, and we're going, yes, I see that. Um, So the Holy Spirit cultivates the good fruit. We can't just have good fruit. You know, we don't just pop out, I'm going to be a better Christian. So there we are, better fruit. I'm, I'm looking good. And, I, and we, can, we can do it, we can do it like, in a sense, we can present good fruit. But it's not really good fruit. Because there's actually the Holy Spirit that does it in us. As we... It's not going to last. <laughs> As we read in the scripture, it's not going to last. It's, it's going to fade away. You know, we can't maintain a presentation of, of something that's not really there. That's why Jesus said you will know them, know them by their fruit. And so as we allow the Holy Spirit in to change that area, he brings the change. He brings the, the, the transformation of our character. So that there is good fruit. He convicts us of sin. He's the one that produces transformation of our lives. We don't become a better person. He changes us to be more Christ-like. And so maybe th this morning you've maybe you've never really relied on, on God to do that change. Maybe it's highlighted areas where for you it seems it's, there, there's been this, the, the attractions of the world and the attractions of the other things have taken your eyes off actually intimacy with Christ. Maybe we can just, just stand to this morning together is, and uh, let, let's pray. Because I think it's, I, I want to, I think it's, you know, it's for every one of us, actually. There's, in a sense, there's a snare that's been set. There's a, there's a, there's a little tunnel that we, we always run 
in our lives. And Satan set the trap. And it appeals, it appeals to us. That's how he gets us. He appeals to us. It looks good. It looks great. You know, my, maybe, maybe you, you're good at, um, you know, praying for the sick. And uh, or maybe you're good at serving and you, maybe there's an aspect God wants to highlight of, of a bit of pride that I can do this better than anyone else. You know, I can do what I'm doing, the gift that God's given me better than anyone. And there's an elevation that's actually not, not godly. And God wants to call us to a place of intimacy with him where we're not just connecting like we well, we're not just aboding together we're not just like habitating together you know because it's cheap on rent or whatever but there's actually there's a connection and that's what Jesus wants he wants to come by his spirit he wants to highlight those areas maybe that's what he's done for you this morning maybe there's an area that he's highlighted for you and I don't want you to leave here and not have someone pray for you, you know, so maybe, you know, as we, we're going to close, but I, I really want, you know, every one of us to maybe come to a place of, maybe there's someone that you need to chat to, that you need to chat to that actually maybe, you know what, Satan's, he's, he's, uh, he's highlighted an area in my life where Satan has sneered me, has taken this is something that looks so good and it looks so great, but he's, he's been so subtle in taking me away from intimacy with Jesus in this area. I'd like you to, to go to someone that you respect or that's a leader here and, and, and pray. Maybe, maybe we can close our eyes and if that's you, maybe we can just get some guys to come around you. So let's maybe do it that way. If you're feeling like I need prayer for this, and I, I want to, I want someone to pray for me. Maybe you can lift your hand and just say, "I'd like someone just to come around me now and pray with me." There's one at the back, lady at the back. Is there anyone else? Maybe for you. Even today, you've realized that living for Christ was maybe just, you know, something my folks did or something that, I, that I've sort of been religious, but I haven't really known Jesus. I haven't really given my life to Him and allowed Him to really be part of my life. And maybe you haven't actually come to the place of saying, actually, I want, I want all. I want intimacy with Christ. I realize that this world and the things are fading. The desires, it's, it's useless. But there's life in Christ. And maybe that's you this morning. And, uh, and it's a commitment to Jesus that you want to make. You want to commit and say, God, I, I want you to come into my life and transform me. Maybe that's you. If you'd like to lift your hand and say, that's me. I need someone to pray with me this morning. Is there anyone? We all had to, we all had to do that at some stage. And it's, it's actually the greatest step 
I've ever made in my life is actually to follow Christ fully. So I want to encourage you, if, if that's you, maybe just indicate to me, I'd love to pray with you. I don't see anyone, so but if you have if you if you want if you want me to pray with you, maybe you can come to the front just as as we close the meeting.